0: He said if I wanna make it gotta starve and stress and sell
1: but if I'm gonna be an artist well I wanna create well yeah you gotta create well the create well podcast is recorded on the ancestral lands of the Tongva people here at create well we are a labor of love and we need your support to keep this podcast going if you have the means please support us on patreon at patreon.com createwell or go to our website createwellpodcast.com and click the donate button or if you can't support monetarily please rate and review our podcast every bit helps welcome to the createwell podcast where we explore the intersection of creativity Wellness and entrepreneurship. I'm Ray Sadagosa, singer songwriter, musical writer eventually, Ooh. book writer eventually, and dog mom. And you can find my work on IG at, at Ray And I'm
2: Erica Ilan. I'm a painter. I used to make TikToks and oh, TikTok. I take photos of a lot of people's artwork. Love it. <laughs> um you can find my work on IG at, at Erica Elon. Today we're talking with Amelia Cruz about hope in the process of making. Woohoo. Well, I've got Bronx here. Let's take just your doggy look, to work day. Oh my gosh! He's if it was sweet. really take your doggy to work day, and Bear was here, it would be chaos. It would be chaos. <laughs> but Bronx just chill. Bronx is so Elder-y chill. Bronx. <laughs> He's like a big stuffed animal. <laughs> He's so cute. What is he for Halloween? Did you decide?
1: I got him a teddy bear costume, but then it wasn't much of a costume because right. he, he already looks like a teddy bear. Right. Um. He's licking my armpit again. Okay, Bronx, please, please, <laughs> not for the cameras. No <laughs> camera, but if there was, um, oh, the mic's on. And uh, so yeah, so he has a little teddy bear outfit, which is really cute. But I think I liked the hot dog outfit. Mm. It was cute. Mm-hmm. Bronx has like a really long torso. He might have some like wiener dog in him. So I think I I don't know. The hot dog costume was actually pretty adorable on him. So um, that's all TBD. But um. In the works. Yes. What about Bear? What's she going to be?
2: Um, you know, she's not much for costumes. Yeah. She's a very simple dog. <laughs> um, and would prefer to tear anything that comes near her up instead of oh, wear it. So we keep it simple and she's just her cute self.
1: That is so <laughs> cute. I adore it. Um this... but how are you?
2: It's good to see you. Yes, I know it's good to see you.
1: And I was gonna say this is gonna be airing a little bit after Halloween. I know, so I was everyone about that. <laughs> everyone listening, um you probably will have already seen on Instagram Ooh, cute. what our dogs have been for Halloween. So you just need to check that out. <laughs>
2: True. And who knows? Maybe something like occurred with Bear that she got really festive and dressed up. Yes. Um, we'll find we out. We shall see. We all together will. Um,
1: but yeah. So um, I don't know. How are you feeling? What, did you ask me a question already?
2: How are you? How are you?
1: <laughs> okay. I, I just asked you the same thing. How are you? How are you, How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been just like craziness um, touring and all mm. of that stuff. And so I'm good. I'm fine. I'm chilling. Have you
2: listened to anything good recently? Mm-hmm. Seen anything? A few weeks back, we yeah. talked about like a really wild movie, movie that you had yes. seen.
1: Okay. I have a movie. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. This movie was amazing. And it's an old movie. It's called Phantom of the Paradise. Oh. And it's a weird movie. It's kind of like Rocky Horror meets Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I mean, like, it's a cult classic. Like, it has, like, a cult following. And, like, some people would watch this movie and be like, this is just totally weird and bonkers mm. and strange. But I kind of love strange musicals. Mm. <laughs> and I enjoyed it a lot. Hi. I thought it was really fun. So, Where can we watch it? I have no idea, actually. Wonderful. (laughs) I have no idea because I saw it up in New Beverly, which is um, Uh, this—it's like the movie theater that Tarantino owns. Yeah. um, That they play like old films on Mm. on film, whatever. And uh, so I really have no idea, but there's got to be a way. So just look Mm. it up, Phantom
2: of the Paradise. What about you? Um. This one, I actually remembered this movie yesterday, and I can't remember if we talked about it last season, but Zola, if you all haven't seen Yeah, it, I haven't seen it yet. You need, I like, know it will be one of your new favorite movies. You need to go see it. Okay. So, and then the other update is, because a couple weeks back I talked about Blue Bayou, the film, and now yeah. it's, it's on demand. Like, you can okay. stream it online, so watch that if you haven't. Um, and then the last thing that just makes me think about the pod because it's a podcast yeah. and I've, I've now listened to it like three or four times. It's the on bean interview with Esther, Esther, Perel. Esther Perel. Yes. Have we talked about Esther Perel? No, but like, all? can we interview I wish we could interview I know. Her. I,
1: I, I feel like she's a little bit out of our league, really but, of our league. <laughs> but like, oh, let's just talk uh, about her
2: right now. Okay. Wait, who interviews her? Um, it's on On Being, so it's on Krista Bean. Tippett. Okay. You've probably heard a few of them. I have like, listened to most of her. She's an NPR. Whatever, not, I'm not say most, but like,
1: yeah,
2: she's a great interviewer. The unedited version of yeah. it with her. Now I've like been trying to find her out, across, and she has. Her I've own read her books and her, and I listened to all podcast, her podcasts, I which I think you've told me about. Yes. And I've you know in yeah. one year, out the other, but yeah. now I'm gonna listen to it because she talks about um, eroticism yeah. in our life, yeah. and it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. And I had taken this class years ago at a psychology school in Seattle about eroticism, and it was like.
1: So, can you s- expand on that a little bit of like what that means in terms of like what she's talking about eroticism in your right, life? Right,
2: because she's talking about it far beyond our like very narrow definition right. of erotic, but like what it means in our lives as a whole okay. and how, how like the significance of going through our lives. Through an erotic lens of really celebrating, mm. you t- you said something about chocolate and richness on the yes. last episode, yes. And it's that kind of like um, our bodies and our lives are like attuned to celebrate sensuality yeah. in more than just a sexual relationship, yes. but across art and food and like Hell all of, of these it. experiences of encountering the people yeah. in our lives and she talks about it like a million times better than yes. i can but i just love listening because it and it you know what it relates to what we talk about today with mm-hmm. amelia because i think it's so hopeful yeah to consider our lives in this really like sensual dynamic yeah. fulfilling way um Totally. Yes. I'm all about it. I mean, I
1: like, I feel like it's something I want to talk more about on the pod and in yes. life, like eroticism in life um, and like sexual, sexual energy in life. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that I, there's so many books I read and it talks about how like sexual energy and creative energy is one and the same, yeah. you know, and like you channel that creative energy into writing songs or into. Um, You're creating yes, things. Yes. That is
2: like, that it's is It's all erotic- connected.
1: It's yeah. all connected. And that's really exciting. And, um, I, yeah, I got on this whole like kick about that like a, like a year ago where I was like, I was I was kind of sounding a little cuckoo, but I really believe <laughs> it where I was just like, you can make washing the dishes a sensual experience. <laughs> like you can make walking on the street. Like mm. I think even like with your, even with like, we want to talk about it like as sex um, in the literal sense where it's like, I don't feel like y- having sex is the only like, should not be the only sexual aspect of your life with your partner. Right. Like, and even like, very sexual things shouldn't be the same. It's, like, just um, having dinner together right. or um, walking on the street together mm. or just, um, like, catching a glimpse of them when you're doing something random. Like, I'm a, I am don't know. I love that. I'm such a believer mm. in that. And um, I love Esther Perel. Yeah, I listened to both of her podcasts. I was listening to her last night at oh Target. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, her podcast, um, Where Should We Begin? Yes. Is pretty much... Couples therapy, mm-hmm. like live, yeah, quote unquote, like live, you know, podcast, and then how's work is one where it's like uh, therapy between people who work together,
2: Dang. and it's
1: really great. I think oh you gosh. would enjoy both. Um, also, book. her book "Mating in Captivity,"
2: yes, yeah, um, changed
1: my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an incredible book. I've read it twice, and the book is about um, like it's basically about like how to keep, um, like that like sensual erotic feeling with partners that have been together for a very very long time um and it's it's fascinating and it's not only for people who are in relationships it's really just about human behavior yeah and it's really incredible it's just about how like even if you're in a partnership you are an individual person Mm. and um in order to maintain like your I don't know, it's almost like to maintain that like mystery with your partner, it's like you've to remember you're you are your own person. You are an independent person and it's just so and good. And remember
2: the the amazing Oh my gosh, we could talk about it so yeah. long. But the one of the amazing things she talks about is how we use, we used to be much more communal people yeah. and our communities yeah. fulfilled all these different aspects yeah. of our life that mm-hmm. we need and uh, another great psychologist talks about this that psychology shouldn't even like we shouldn't need to go and talk to yeah, you know, a therapist, a therapist. Yeah, because community is more meant elders to fulfill all that. Like, yeah, but we're so far from that that yeah. we actually like expect for our partner to fulfill Everything. every aspect yes. of what we're looking for. And that's completely and that's totally unrealistic.
1: Unrealistic. Yeah. And yeah, actually, like a lot of it's you know with indigenous mm. tribes, um you know, it's like less. There's a lot less of that focus on the nuclear family. We're yeah. like the nuclear family, where it's like partner. And then your offspring is your family. Well, no, it's like actually even people that you're not blood related to Mm -hmm. are um, part of raising your children, like the elders in the community um, and everyone. It takes a village. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I really do. And also, you know, I think that it takes the pressure off of like, you know, like we're at this age where like a lot of our friends are kind of like starting to really take their um like dating really seriously of like I need to find my life partner I need to find this like perfect human being that checks every single box of Mm -hmm. every single thing um when really like there's a lot of things that your partner's not going to fulfill you still like have to go um you know like all these things like I remember when I met my partner I was so worried and like oh he's not that outdoorsy like he Mm. he's like an indoorsy person and then I was like oh well like I can go hike with my friends. Like it's not the yeah. end of the world. It's not a deal breaker. Like, let's all remember that we're all human beings. And so
2: Esther Perel, she's so, oh, so good. She's so great. And so we're talking about hope. Yeah. And I mean that it It all goes in it. It does. It all connects because what she talks about is so hopeful. And I yeah. think Amelia embodies a lot of what she talks about yeah. through her art making and the stories that she tells. Mm-hmm. Um So, Amelia Cruz is a Mexican-American artist Mm -hmm. um, uh, from San Diego. I think she now lives in Simi Valley. I met her briefly quite some time ago, Mm -hmm. followed her work because it's just gorgeous. There's these, like, vibrant, beautiful colors, um, really illustrative. So, the stories are... um, Wow. Easy to connect with, yeah. and and enter kind of into the space that she's created visually. Um, and then I got to see her kind of blow up even more because she did the all the artwork for. <laughs> <Bronx>. That was <laughs> He's Bronx. excited about it. That was Bronx. <laughs> That was not me. Okay. <laughs> those um, she did all the artwork for a Netflix show called Hentified, where wow. the main character Anna is this. Of course, amazing artist yeah. because it's all Amelia's art. Wow. And um, it, it deals How with gentrification. Cool. It's based in Boyle Heights. Um, it's a really stunning show, obviously made more stunning by her work. Wow. So it's so good to talk with her and just hear um, the significance in the process for yeah. her. And I think it's encouraging to us all who spend a lot of time isolated, mm. wrestling with things that are somewhat intangible sometimes. Yeah. Um, to remember hope in the process.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you just showed me one of her um, her paintings where, can you explain the one that you just showed me? That, well, it's her little sister.
2: Yeah, she painted mm-hmm. her little sister. She And she talks about this some because I think it was somewhat of a pivotal piece mm-hmm. in her process, yeah. seeing how people connected with it. Um, it's her little sister holding all these little blonde Barbies yeah. and then holding, holding her own hair. dark hair yeah. and looking at you know this kind of tension between those two wow and it makes me think about what you yeah. said a couple of seasons back about one of your songs the more specific you get yeah the more, the relatable. more relatable it actually is I mean
1: I I saw that um, that painting and I I, I absolutely first thought of The It Girl and I thought mm-hmm. about like my own experience and I think that's that's the kind of art that is like. It starts conversations and it's world changing because people look. Yeah. I think a lot of times people don't understand how something, as seemingly harmless as a Barbie doll,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, can really um, cause a lot of uh, trauma and <laughs> and um, and sadness and 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 really um, create these. Difficult uh, moments for young girls, and mm-hmm. so uh, I think that art piece is really striking. And so, anyway, I'm really excited about this interview.
3: Yay! Here we go. Hi Amelia. Hi, okay. So happy to be here Thank talking you so
2: to you. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. And we were just kind of catching up about how we've had like a very brief meeting once <laughs> at a gallery in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> and And um, we were with a mutual friend, Emiliana, who's also a painter, and yes. she introduced us. And since then, I've just adored following your art and the stories that you tell and um, mm. the way that you, you know, have reached people even through this last year of pandemic um, with such incredible visuals and stories. So... I'm so grateful.
3: Oh, thank you. And and I mean, likewise, I, I feel the same towards your work and uh, grateful, you know, uh, Emiliana too. I love her work. So I, I think oh. it was a perfect uh, encounter with all of us. So hopefully yeah. soon again.
2: <laughs> yes, I know. Maybe some outdoor painting soon. Yeah. Um. So can you introduce yourself in your own words?
3: Yeah. So... My name is Amelia Cruz and I am a visual artist. I usually just say that because I yes. there's so many different mediums that I I like to explore. Uh, but I, I probably am better known as a painter. I am 28. I just turned 28. And
0: happy
3: birthday. Oh, thank you. I'm a Virgo <laughs> if anyone's <the> <laughs> curious. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm first generation Mexican-American, and I am based in Simi Valley, California. So I think those are the the basics there, (laughs) Yeah.
2: Good basics. And I actually already feel like I learned so much because I definitely know you as a painter. and (laughs) (laughs) And my first question for you is what draws you to paint as a medium of expression but now I know that you work across a wide array which I know so many artists do but maybe talk about paint and then also the other forms of creative pursuits that you you have Mm
3: -hmm. yeah so I I've been drawing ever since I can remember that was the first thing I, I ever picked up and I think as a kid that's that's the easiest way to Uh, get onto paper, all these Mm -hmm. crazy images that you have going on in your, your mind, you know? So I, later on when I discovered paint though, it, I took a completely different approach at first, you know, I, I focused on mainly the colors and the textures and I realized I was able to express my emotions in a completely different way you know it wasn't just an illustration anymore it wasn't about the image itself it turned into just using the medium in a really raw mm-hmm. form and i loved that and i played around with that for a while and then gradually it turned into okay now i'm more comfortable and now i can go back to illustration and bring that you know into this mm-hmm. this work now and yeah, so over time, it just, the more comfortable I, I grew with the medium, and the more I learned how to navigate it, how to, you know, use different techniques with it, the more I fell in love with it, um, and so ever since I, I kind of picked it up, I, I haven't really been able to drop it, and I probably won't for the, the rest of my life, I think, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's how, kind of how it started, and I was always drawn to portraits and people, even when I, I drew. So I, I think mm. that naturally, uh, I, I took that with me while, when I started painting as well. Yeah, so I've always been drawn to portraiture, to faces, I think, ever since I was okay. a kid. And I went to galleries. That's always, you know, the thing okay. that would attract me the most. and. So, of course, I carried that on with me uh, once I did start painting. And even now, till this day, that's uh, what I still love to do. And uh, mm-hmm. I think what my work's mainly known for as well. So, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I love that you went on the trajectory of learning the, like, visceral qualities of paint and how it just works as, like, a physical medium into mm-hmm. more representational work because I feel like a lot of us representational artists do the opposite route. Um, this includes myself of oh, <laughs> um, really working on the representational piece or wrestling with that part and then starting to deconstruct the actual elements of the medium. But you bring so much knowledge when you when you do that work, Leading up to representation, um, and I think that shows through in your paintings because they're they're really fearless in their use of color, vibrance, and then I haven't been able to see them in person, but even mm-hmm. online you can tell that there's a significant amount of texture and fleshiness mm-hmm. to how you utilize the paint. Um, so that really mm-hmm. shows through in your work in a beautiful way.
3: Oh, thank you, and yeah, I think. I haven't quite stopped exploring either. You know, even when I'm making this representational work, I I still go back to that place where I'm. I feel like I'm still just discovering paint. I, I make sure I I continue to do that. So that's why I, I think you you will see a lot of. Uh, and, in my work and a lot of the backgrounds, it's it's more abstract, I feel or yeah. and that's where I can I'm more free to play around with the paint. <laughs> um, and that's that's something that's really important to me still. so,
2: yeah, and I guess that kind of leads into one of one of the main things I really want to get into with you is about the process of painting for you, because I think, and especially after the last year, a lot of us have spent a lot of time alone, have wrestled with a lot of internal dialogue or mm-hmm. maybe existential crises of what it means <laughs> to be creating in any type of way right now. Mm-hmm. What is the effect of that in the world? What is the meaning of that in the world? And um,
3: yes.
2: what, how do you find hope in the process of painting?
3: that is a good question i I, it is oh my goodness i think only other artists will understand but insane it just you literally go through insanity when you're creating
2: yes
3: so weird why am i
2: here for a hundred hours staring at this alone Literally. listening
3: to the same song over and over what is this doing <laughs> I know oh my gosh it's it's so weird I, I literally this last collection I um well I just had a a collaborative show with Rick Ortega and and so I created yeah. about 10 new pieces for that and in, in about six months or so uh but yeah at one point mm-hmm. I was just kind of staring at myself as I was working I don't <laughs> I don't know how yes, to describe that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was just it, you know I could see myself painting I and I'll, I'll paint the picture so I, I when I get really into it I start getting in weird positions on my chair so I'll, I'll crouch on top of it I'm all hunched over (laughs) my hand is literally in so much pain I have to like wrap it and I'm I'm going on like (laughs) two days of no sleep and (laughs) and just like playing loud ass music in the background so I you know I'm watching myself in this form and I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. what are you doing (laughs) why why is this a thing and why why does this work
2: though (laughs) Doesn't work. Why does it do anything at
3: all? Yeah. And oh yeah. So, Mm. um. But I guess going back. So so
2: where is the hope in that? (laughs) Because I I see it. (laughs) But Uh, I know that in our difficult moments, it's really hard to see sometimes.
3: Yeah. No. I think I think you just have to go through those different stages of Mm. of I don't. I don't even know how to really describe it. I I just always mentally <laughs> prepare myself to get to that point or just kind of yeah. let go as well knowing that I don't really have full control of the process. It's it's going yeah. to um in eventually take over. Uh, and I guess the best way to describe it is that I I tell people that sometimes I feel like I'm just here to help guide my paintings. I feel like they already have a life of themselves and that I'm just here to help them come to life. I mean obviously, but I a lot of the time I I let intuition take over because I don't yeah. I don't always know what I'm doing and at some point I yes. it's like I feel like I disappear and I come back and I'm like, Oh, okay, that looks cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that happened, but sure. <laughs> um so I do leave a lot of room for that uh for the intuition to take over and um Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not a very methodical painter I I I plan enough but I Mm -hmm. um I never 100% know what the results are going to be (laughs) um basically so uh
2: I actually, I have a screenshot in front of me because I was going through all your stuff and it's literally word for word. I'm just here to help guide my paintings at this point because they have a mind of their own and it's it's this incredible painting of yours. I believe it's from your recent show called The Guardian. oh thank you go check out this painting and you talk about how you didn't plan for the figure in this painting to be holding a red ribbon but it just appeared in the process um
3: yeah let
2: that come to life and I think even though that may not answer the (laughs) the question of where is hope specifically in a metaphorical way that's like you allow things to come into being that didn't necessarily exist before. And that is kind of what hope is. Um, yeah. I,
3: really love that. Mm-hmm. I think I wish I had a better answer. I think it's honestly just having <laughs> some kind of faith in yourself and trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, even if, if at some point, you realize, oh, you know, this isn't going so well anymore. <laughs> I I don't think it's mm. you know, it's it's never a fail. You know, I, I think each time you, you try you're learning something. So I think just knowing that it, and going into yeah. each piece, knowing that it it that's what creates the hope over time, I guess. I yeah, I don't mm. I think that's yeah. the best way to describe it.
2: And do you consider how other people will encounter your work while you're creating it? Or is that not in your mind? Do you just kind of release it at the end? Or do you think about others experiencing the work?
3: I do. I I think especially now that my work has become my source of income um i don't yes. <laughs> i try not to think about it though because i mm-hmm. i first and foremost want at least the personal work that i make i i want that to be for me for myself i want to be selfish in the beginning stages and be like this is this is for myself <laughs> um mm-hmm. they, these are about I'm, I'm you know because i'm being vulnerable and these are my experiences or this is a story that i'm trying to tell or just you know something of along those lines and i i try not to think about how others will perceive it and and naturally along the way i you know the thought will come up but i'll i'll try to my best to push it aside until until the end and then that's when um i'll put it you know I'll, i'll post it or i'll display it and then at that point i do like to to uh know how others interpret it or, or how it, yeah. uh, you know, how it, sorry, I'm, pretty... <laughs> I'm like stumbling no, on the yeah. but
2: No, no, how it resonates with people who are encountering it. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe this is a good moment just to talk some really about the foundations of your work. I've read a couple of your interviews and it seems like the piece that you did Um, I think you painted your younger sister. I'm trying to remember the name of it. And she was holding these different Barbie dolls and then holding a strand of her hair in her hand was kind of a pivotal piece in how your work has developed over the last few years. So you can just, can you talk some about the foundations of of why you're creating in the the direction you're creating right now?
3: Yeah, so that piece is actually titled, uh, Am I Too Dark?, and I know exactly which one you're talking about. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite pieces, I think, just because it's, mm. it's the first time that I was able to really find my voice um, or, you know, to uh, able to use my voice in the way that I, I've been trying to for so long. That was mm-hmm. it an experience that I had been wanting to talk about, but I was too embarrassed for a while. And so the pieces about uh, my experience with colorism growing up and how it affected me throughout my uh, childhood up until my adult life and the process of healing from it. And when I first uh, posted about it and talked about, the story i was so nervous I, I it it's something that i i know so many of us um uh people of color go through but it it just it makes you feel so alone and especially if you are embarrassed to talk about it and share it with others it it, it gets hard to you know mm-hmm. um share the story but it once i I was able to connect with others through that piece. I realized that's that's what I've been wanting for a while. Is that I have been wanting to make work that I I I can um that would allow me to connect with um you know with people that that shared similar experiences that looked like me. Um, And on top of that, I've always wanted to also uh, be able to celebrate and uh, represent Um, people um, that also look like me. So growing up as a little girl, I would go to different galleries and I, you know, I would love the portraits or figure paintings that were being displayed, but I, I never found them familiar. I always thought, oh, you know, no one, none of these look like me or none of these look like people I know and so now that I'm displaying work at galleries I can I can be that person for you know hopefully other little brown girls that look at my work and and they can be like oh that you know that she seems familiar (laughs) and I think that's probably one of my favorite things now is that when someone comes up to me and tells me you know this looks like my daughter or my sister or my prima (laughs) and uh that's something that keeps me motivated to continue on the path that I'm in. Um, but just in general, I think, uh, I paint what I, I know and from my own experiences and I take, you know, from my culture and obviously my surroundings and people that I know. So.
2: Mm. So then what is the difference for you? Because you, you know, and I guess it was, was it like a year and a half ago that Hentified came out? I
3: was it? Was oh, wait. I don't
2: know. It, it was a minute
3: ago. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, honestly, anything before the pandemic just feels like ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a blur. But um, you create this profound, you know, personal work in your day to day and and show it and write stories on it and um, allow us all to encounter it. And then you had this opportunity to create an incredible body of work specifically for this show on Netflix, which if people haven't watched it, it's a really brilliant, beautiful show. And you get to see her art progress <laughs> and, and really, um, tell the story alongside the actors and actresses in an incredible way. Um, Mm -hmm. What was, was there a difference in making that work versus your own body of work or did they really overlap?
3: So actually most of the pieces used for that show I had already made. Uh, So I Mm -hmm. think it was only about, I think I did five pieces specifically for this show and that's what, a lot
2: oh my I, my gosh. how long did you have
3: a few months I
2: oh my gosh I, that's stressful
3: yeah that,
0: that's the one thing I was like
2: oh
3: my gosh I I get you know and that's that's the thing I, I'm always um you know, assigning up to projects that were, I'm like, I don't know if I could do it, but I'll, oh my I'll, I'll try. I'll, let's, let's go. Let's, let's do this. Stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was about five. Yeah, and I, yeah, now that I think back, I'm like, oh, I don't know how I did that. It's <laughs> um, amazing. Thank you. But it, the cool thing about that project was that uh, when the co writers reached out to me, Linda and Marvin, Really amazing people. Um, and they they already liked my work, how it was. And they when they envisioned the character, of the artist in the show, they wanted her to be creating the work that I was already making, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. so they didn't want me to change my style or anything of that sort. So they basically just had the photographs that I would reference, and they said do what you what you usually do <laughs> the, these are just wow. you know what you're working from but you know we we love the style so um yeah so I basically had control of that and the freedom to oh, yeah to paint how I usually paint so it, it wasn't too uh hard for me I mean I, obviously there was a lot of pressure <laughs> to make it look good I, I knew it was going to be up on the show uh But I did what I could with the amount of time that I had, (laughs) because yeah, it it was.
2: (laughs) It's stunning, and that's incredible that they just gave you so much creative empowerment to to make the pieces. I feel like you know, in many commissions, that's rare. Yeah. Um, I love that you had all of that space to explore in, and um, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's a huge impact in the show. I loved being able to see it on there so oh thank you
3: yeah it was really
2: (laughs)
0: sorry
2: do you have any advice for other artists as they try and find hope in the process of making
3: I I would say don't be so hard on yourself I think I (laughs) I wish I would (laughs) have told myself or had someone you know, tell me that throughout the years because I, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, I struggle with that myself. So I, I always make sure to tell other people, you know, don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself, especially if you're just starting off. Um, And I think that's why I, I tell people to approach uh, a new medium in the way that I did uh, because it. Mm. it it takes a lot of that pressure off in the beginning where you're just exploring it you're just feeling it um and then after that it you know you can watch your growth and and uh, that's something a teacher told me too is that as artists we have all these great ideas and obviously when we first pick up a medium most likely we aren't going to be naturally great at it and it's really frustrating <laughs> <What>? because, <laughs> and it's and it's just so frustrating because you have this image of your in your head of like what you want it to be like damn yeah. it <laughs> like I can't do it yet though. <laughs> and you just want to oh like gosh. speed up time and get there but yeah. it, <laughs>
2: I feel like it's especially hard when you're diving into like maybe your second or your third medium because you, I, well, I'm experiencing this right now because I'm trying to figure out, um, stained glass making. And I'm like, you just like, at this point in my career, I'm like, well, I have this vision of what I want to make and why I want to make it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But I want to have zero technique for how no. to make <laughs> years away from realizing this idea I need to do what you did which is come in more humbly and more grateful just for the process and oh my god I think that's great advice I'm taking it to heart
3: yes (laughs) no I feel you I I had had to like learn the hard way, hard way too, when I picked up uh, ceramics. I mm. I literally went in there thinking, oh, this to be great, you know. I have I have all these cool parts Yo, things I'm that I'm an I, artist. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, I know exactly what I want to do, and then immediately I just saw like the the clay like crumbling in my hands. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm never gonna be able to do this. <laughs>
2: Ceramics uh, is so stressful too, because the moment you put it in the kiln, it's like, all 50 right, it's yeah. gonna be gone in a moment. Like, I oh.
3: know, and ceramic
2: artists—that's
3: <laughs> definitely, I definitely recommend too. Getting into that, that's something that'll humble you. It's, it's like you said, you—it is a gamble, and it it teaches you to let go, too, <laughs> to not get super yes. attached. And I think that's also something that you can take with anything you're you're creating is. Not being attached, which is so hard, especially mm-hmm. as a Virgo, you're like, no, I, I need to have control. It needs to come out this, this way.
2: It is my baby. It must be perfect. Oh my
3: gosh. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I have two like super brief kind of final questions for you. Mm-hmm. This is so great. I could talk to you about painting forever, but <laughs> um. What do you have coming up that people listening can support, and where can we find your work in general?
3: Right now, what do I have coming up? Oh my god, I don't know. I just, I just had a show, so I think after that, yeah. I was like, I need, I think I need a break. Which I, mm. I'm not really taking. I'm, I'm working on commissions now, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I might be doing something for, uh. Dia los Muertos at Plaza de la Rosa. I'm not 100% sure yet, though. <laughs> so, But if if I do, I'll, I'll always post it on uh, my Instagram, uh, which is, you find it under Cruz Emilia. And I also have a website, um, emiliacruz.com, and that will connect you to my other platforms. And that's mainly where you can find my uh, portfolio or uh different exhibitions that i was a part of so
2: yes and then the final question oh and please go look at her work because it's like i know with painting it's like it's one thing to talk about it and talk about how fleshy the painting is or Mm -hmm. how vibrant the colors are but please at least go see it um on instagram it's really gorgeous and i know we'll be sharing it on page two um but Amelia, what does it mean to you to create
3: well? Oh, that's a good question. I, <laughs> oh well, I think when I think immediately, I think about just healing through my artwork. I think mm-hmm. for me, that's that's when I know I'm creating well. Is that when I'm I. I'm healing a part of myself that needs to be healed, or maybe I'm I'm just creating because I need to let out an, a certain emotion, or or you know something that I keep I'm keeping inside of myself, and I'm I'm not very great with expressing myself through words, so I I, I turn to painting for that, Um and I think that's mainly what I think about when creating. Well, it's not really about the the final image or the result or whatever it is that I'm making it's it's Mm -hmm. the act of of creating something (laughs) um Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's that's what I think of I love
2: it and healing is very hopeful so circling back to our what is hopeful in the process I really love that
3: um yeah
2: see creating while is healing
3: Yes, and I think especially like you said in the beginning we the, oh we've been through a crazy time <laughs> we're still going mm-hmm. through crazy mm-hmm. time, and it's I think it's so numbing and i i I think creating mm-hmm. artwork helps with that too and on days that you don't you can't feel anything else, so at least you can create something and hopefully you know center yourself again <laughs> um,
2: mm-hmm. but yeah, well, thank you, thank you for jumping on with us um it's so good to actually talk more and hear a bit more about your work. Um, and hopefully we'll connect again in person soon.
3: Yes, oh my God. no thank you for
2: having me. Yeah
3: I, I want to talk to you more, so yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: You know, <laughs> meet up and all that. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Have a good day. Thank you,. You too.
1: And now for the Create Well Challenge of the Week
0: this week's create well challenge is to try a new creative outlet or medium without judging yourself or having any expectations and this week's featured song is optimist by sofia lanuza did not really make a plan to go just pack my bags and hit the road took the train to austin texas then realize what i had done was there a way for me to do this with patience we can't know All I knew is head out west, picked up and did the rest. Now I'm two weeks in and can't find I just bought a life-size gold bloom doll I think I wouldn't really mind But I feel like I'm just killing time Swiping strangers on my face.